0: Time for the Retirement Roadmap Podcast with Registered Financial Consultant Glenn Mosseller. Well, thanks for joining us this week on the Retirement Roadmap Podcast. Walter Storholt alongside Glenn Mosseller, registered financial consultant and the founder and president of Roadmap Financial Consulting, with an office in Greensboro on Mears Chapel Road. You can find us online by going to Roadmapfinancial.com. Glenn, great to be with you today. How are you?
1: Doing great, Walter. How are you?
0: Uh, doing well, and uh, we've got a fun topic on today's show. We're going to break down some of Dave Ramsey's financial advice. Now, I'm curious, Glenn, before we get into the details here, is Dave Ramsey – I know he's extremely popular, obviously, all across the country for uh, you know the work that he's done and, and his kind of philosophies on getting out of debt, and he's kind of become an, an overall financial guru of sorts – because of the advice that he dispenses and the platform that he has on radio stations and online all throughout the, not only the country and the world, obviously a big influencer in many ways in people's lives. I'm just curious of your clients and the people that you meet with, do they, do they think about Dave Ramsey a lot? Have they followed his advice and guidance? What's sort of the level of fandom that you have found just from a personal experience and the people that you work with?
1: So I run across, um you know, some fans here and there from time to time, but not normally an enormous amount, and and I think the reason for that is is that you know I mean Dave Ramsey um, is putting out a lot of information, you know, and first thing we, everybody's got to remember is is that there are lots of different principles that you know that that can be true or are truisms, but it all it all depends upon the context, right? And so we got to remember that that Dave Ramsey's audience is are the are the great masses, right? And so he's you know he's talking to lots and lots of people and, you know, any any and everybody who's out there in the in the listening world. And, you know, and and more often than not, I mean, the the folks that I'm meeting with and and, and working with are folks that are approaching retirement. You know, they've saved significant monies, you know, for their retirement. And so their situation is not necessarily the same as as what the masses might be. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, I certainly understand. I think that's going to be more of what we hear about as we kind of go through today's show because as he has become very popular among a lot of savers and investors, you know, it does beg the question, is all of the advice that he gives worth following in your particular situation? And, you know, is it possible that some of the things that he professes could actually hurt you financially if you follow them blindly? And so that's why we just wanted to take a look at some of his most popular pieces of advice and see if they make sense for retirees and pre-retirees and your particular situation. And we're going to see if uh, Glenn kind of agrees or disagrees with these different recommendations. So let's talk first, Glenn, about the debt snowball. That's probably the thing that Dave is most popular for, is the debt snowball, this concept of tackling debt by paying down your lowest balance first, regardless of interest rates. Now, you know, that seemingly is counter to kind of what makes sense, Glenn.
1: Well, it can be, Walter. And, you know, in actuality, I mean, there's a lot of validity to this idea. You know, now there's different variations off of it. But, you know, the one thing that you, you folks need to remember, it's like if you if you do have debt and you're trying to get out of debt and, and, you, and you have a number of different um, accounts, you know, as, as we might say, that, that are out there that, that you owe on there's the interest rate and there's interest volume, right? And in terms of interest volume, what we mean by that is, is that the, the number of dollars that are going out to pay these monthly obligations for the debts. And so the idea of being able to pay off, you know, the the smaller ones first, you know, the smaller balances first, even if they might be at a, at a lower interest rate, again, you have to look at the details. But the idea is, is that if you can take those same dollars, once you have uh, a particular debt paid off and you can take the same dollars that were that were going towards that and you can redeploy those same dollars at another one the the idea of the snowball is is that you attack one and then you attack the next one and then you attack the next one rather than trying to make small payments to all of them simultaneously and the idea behind that is actually has some validity to it. The you know, but it's a, but it is counterintuitive, right? I mean, you know, you you know, and and you, again, you have to look at every single situation, you know, somewhat differently because not all payments are structured the same. You can look at some debts and they might have a minimum payment of you know of, of a smaller percentage than another one, and and you have to look and see well, well, what are the what are the absolute dollars that are going out each month to each one, and then once once you do that and you evaluate the time frame. The interest rates and so forth. Then you can begin to look at that and and begin to decide. Okay, well, which one does it make sense to attack first, and then you know, and then move on. But oftentimes, you know, there, there like I say, there is some validity in going after that because you know the 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 higher interest rates, if they're going to take longer to pay off, you know, then then you might be better off being able to to pay off some smaller ones, albeit at lower interest rates, to be able to have more dollars to be able to allocate later at the at those higher interest rates. Are you with me? It's
0: another example of those uh, emotions battling against what makes financial sense. We seem to have this conversation every, every couple of episodes, uh, Glenn, where in some way, shape, or form, we find it making sense to, in, in a way, sometimes buck what makes sense financially to uh, account for how we feel and the emotions and taking into account things like momentum. It's very much like sports in a way, kind of interesting to see the power of momentum and positive thinking and behavior and the role that that plays in our financial lives. Always fascinating to, to look at that. Right, right. No, but- no, no doubt about it. Very cool. Sorry. That's the debt snowball. Obviously, a very uh, popular piece of Dave Ramsey's advice. Now, there's this other uh, sort of thought process that Dave Ramsey says to, you know, just invest in mutual funds. If you ever listen to his radio show, and we're paraphrasing a little bit here, but Ramsey often suggests that, you know, you can hear it in his voice. He's like, I just just invest in mutual funds. You know, just investing is simple. Pick a couple of good mutual funds. Divide up your money between growth and aggressive growth and income, maybe some international, you'll be all set. Is that flawed advice? Are there holes in that strategy? I mean, there's, there's billions and trillions of dollars in the financial sectors, Glenn, all about what makes the best strategy. And Dave seems to just sort of throw this out there as the, uh, the right and easy thing to do for folks.
1: Right. Well, I mean, again, Walter, again, context is, is the most important thing, you know, and that's why we, and oftentimes when we, we have conversations, you know, you'll ask me a question, and I'll say it depends, right? Because, you know, everybody's situation is, you know, fairly different than the others. Um, you know, I mean, when you're, when you're talking about, you know, like, like, for instance, you know, the vast majority of people are utilizing 401k type plans, right? And for the vast majority of people, if you're using that type of plan, what options do you have inside of those 401k plans? Well, for the most part, it's, it's mutual funds, right? And you also have, you know, occasionally you'll have like company stock, but I mean, it's very limited choices. And so for folks who are saving for retirement, particularly in those early years, you know, your 20s, 30s, 40s, that probably makes a lot of sense, you know, and you dollar cost average and you, and you do the things that you can do to try to save as much as you can for retirement. That being said, you know if you're if you're looking at, at a place where you're you're getting closer to retirement or you're already in retirement, you have to start to look at you know well what is the volatility of the markets? What are the volatility of your accounts? Do you need to be drawing income from those accounts? And if you needed to draw income from those accounts, and you know and you go through a, a difficult time in the marketplace, and in and the, and the markets go down, and your know, values of your funds go down, and the value of your account goes down and you're still having to draw, you know, income from that, that can be a very dangerous thing. So, you know, I wouldn't say that this is, you know, that this is bad advice. I wouldn't say that it's good advice. I say that it's, it's, it depends upon your particular situation as to whether or not it makes the most sense. You know, certainly mutual funds are, you know, have their place in you know, in, in the savings and the investment, you know, in a world, but they're not an end-all be-all, if that makes sense. You know, it's just like, you know, where, where, do they, where do they fit, where do they not fit? You know, one of the other, you know, questions is, is, you know, whether or not they make sense in a what we would call a non-qualified account or an after-tax account. In that, in that scenario, there might be some tax implications that might come into play that wouldn't be, you know, there in a, in a retirement type of an account. So you have to really look at your situation where are you putting your money? What is your time horizon? You know, and what are your overall goals and concerns and as to as to whether or not it makes sense to really go in that direction. But I, you know, I would just caution anybody and you everybody about just saying that, well, there's a one size fits all, or there's one product that solves every ill. That can be a dangerous you know idea but the you know the notion of utilizing that in in the right context makes makes lots of sense and and so again you have to just you just have to look at where are you in life what are your goals and what are your needs and you know let's 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 just take a step back and say well yeah, there there are situations that make sense, but let's not just say everybody should do X because you know, every you know, other than breathing ear and drinking water, <laughs> you know, there's not a whole lot of things that everybody must have. That, you know, if if you're with me on that one, Walter.
0: Yep. Absolutely, and uh, you know I think uh, hopefully you can tell the tone of today's show is to not uh, by any means bash Dave Ramsey. I think a lot of the things that Dave Ramsey talks about are overall helpful to society and to a lot of the people that listen to his show. We're we're being a bit nitpicky and we're being bit perfectionist, which I think is good because we want to be the best that we can be when it comes to giving you financial information and advice and trying to be critical of some of the uh, things that he said that may not pass the initial smell test. And we want to break these things down. A little bit further now. I've heard on several occasions, and this has been a common criticism of Dave, is that he tends to throw out unrealistic expectations for people in certain areas of the financial realm. On several occasions, in fact, Dave has implied that you can get about a twelve percent of uh, return on your money if you follow his investing guidance, and that you can plan on spending eight percent of your money per year in retirement, and you'll be fine. That seems to go against a lot of what we've talked about on the previous, you know, 200-some episodes of this show, Glenn. Uh, that seems way beyond the normal expectations of what people in the retirement planning world find reasonable.
1: Right. Well, I mean, that that that's right, Walter. And, you know, I mean, you, you have to have realistic expectations. And, you know, the, it's. There may be some funds out there or some investments out there that, that maybe have a have a have a track record that is, you know, is limited that it might have those double digit returns. But, you know, year in, year out, you know, it, it's not necessarily going to happen. And even on an average basis, that that would be extremely hard to find. But again, when we're talking about on an average basis, again, we, what are we what are we looking at, and who and who does that apply to? That's going to apply to people who are in their early saving years far more than the folks who are actually in retirement, because you know when when you start looking at actually having to draw income out of your account and when you're talking about average returns well you've got to be really careful with that one because you know when when markets fall and the and the economy turns down if the value of your account goes down and you're still making those withdrawals now those withdrawals are more expensive than they would have been had the you know the value of your account been higher and when you're taking you know one of the key principles in terms of dollar cost averaging and, and you know, and putting money into investments and buying and holding is, is to buy low. And, you know, and, and if you're going to ever sell, you should sell high. Right. And the idea is, is that if you're needing to draw income out, well, if you're having to draw income out and the markets turned down and that's where all of your money is positioned, then you're going against the grain there. And you're actually, you know, th- that would be a, a strategy that would not really be, built to last, so to speak, because if you're having to draw money out when the value is down, that is, you know, that's against the idea of buying low and, you know, and selling high. And so we've got to really be careful with the overall context. Again, maybe you have a portion of your money that you put in that, in that kind of a, that kind of a strategy, you know, particularly your longer term money, you know, but again, you have to be careful in terms of what are your expectations. You know, it's, it's, you know, again, you know, looking at double digit, you know, returns, year in and year out is, is you know, is, is probably not something that's going to happen on a regular basis, you know, with, with a vast majority of funds that are out there.
0: These are pieces of advice from Dave Ramsey, breaking them down on today's show here on the Retirement Roadmap podcast. Another example, we've got maybe two more for you. Uh, another example of Dave Ramsey's advice that is worth uh, a little bit more in depth look is to cut retirement savings while paying off debt. So, this is a good conversation here. I think Glenn Ramsey has suggested and outlined in his uh, baby steps uh, to stop contributing to retirement plans. Until you get out of debt, the only exception being mortgage debt. So once you're down to just mortgage debt, you can start saving for retirement. Why might this be ill advised in your eyes?
1: Well, Walter, you know, again, I'm gonna I'm gonna bang on the drum of of context, right? And so, you know, the the thing you gotta remember is is what what makes retirement savings work is is, you know, is is putting money away over a long period of time and you know and and letting, you know, the, the, the idea of compounding begin to work for you. And so it's it's a scenario where you've got to find that right balance. If you have debt, how much debt, you know, how much of your of your disposable income is being consumed by that? There might be ways of restructuring that debt. Do you have equity in your home? Does it make sense to possibly refinance? What's your interest rate on your mortgage? But the idea of, of just saying, you know what, don't put anything away until, you know, for retirement until you're out of debt. Well, the, the, the challenge with that is, is that, you know, the vast majority of folks don't necessarily, you know, the, life happens, right? And there's certain disciplines that have to come into play, but there's circumstances that, that, that may take place. You know, you know, somebody might get sick or, you know, the, you know the kids are going to school or something else happens with, you know, with a family member or a parent. And and, and you know, and, and you, you're in a scenario there where it's like, you know, any number of things can happen. And if you're not putting money away on a regular, consistent basis for retirement, then it's, you know, all of a sudden, you know, you know years and decades have gone by and there's and, and, and it's possible that there's nothing there. So, you know, that's not to say that, you know, you, you know, you overweight your, you know, your retirement savings while you have a, a lot of debt going on, but there's a balance to find. And this is just going to the extreme of saying, well, you know, no, no retirement savings while there's, while there's other debt, you know, that again, I think. There are situations that that might be true, but again, for every single situation, I, you know again, I, I would caution folks and say, you know hey, let's take a look at the details of where you are and let's, let's find a rational plan that you can achieve your retirement goals and also getting out of debt goals at the same time. They don't necessarily have to be mutually exclusive. You can have a strategy that, that is, has more has more layers to it than just this or that, if that makes sense.
0: It does. Absolutely. Uh, one more item here, Glenn, uh, the one size fits all kind of plan. You know, we, we've kind of railed against that before. Every plan should really be customized and, uh, you know, to your unique situation. Yet here's Dave's very simplified seven baby steps, uh, which are great, but doesn't that one size fits all kind of approach counter or go opposite against what makes a financial plan truly great? That customization?
1: Well, again, you know, that, that's what we talk about, right? I mean, the idea of, of you know, and, and, and what, what, what he's doing in his show and, and what he's doing in his teachings, I think, you know, I mean, obviously the, the intent is is, is great and, and there's a lot of really great principles there. At the same time, context is really king and you got to really be thinking about, you know, does this apply to me? And maybe the answer is yes, maybe the answer is no. For an awful lot of folks who are in the early years and they're and they're in the savings years, 20s, 30s, 40s there's an awful lot of value there, you still gotta look at at the context but the, you know, as you as you approach retirement, you know, it becomes more and more that the you know that the subtleties and the differences are going to make much more of a difference for you rather than just following, you know, one size fits all, whether it's something you hear from, you know, from Dave Ramsey or some other you know, person who's on the air or you know, whether it be on radio or TV or a book that you've read, you know, again, there's a lot of good information out there. You just have to be aware that the context is very, very important and that there are certain things that are gonna apply to your situation situation, you know, in in their entirety. And there's going to be some things that are going to have more subtlety. And it's just like you might be, you know, blend a couple of different strategies that might seemingly be at odds with one another. Yet at the same time, there's a context to, you know, to make sure that, you know, that you're able to pursue multiple goals at the same time. And you don't want to have, you know, a a polarized, you know, retirement plan, if that makes sense.
0: It does. I think that makes a lot of sense. So what's your key takeaway from all this, Glenn?
1: Well, my key takeaway is, is is to stay in the question, right? I mean, you know, to search out, um, you know, for solutions. Uh, but you know, it's again, like in working with an advisor, you know, you want to be working with somebody who can get, you know, intimate with your particular details of what you have, the resources, you know, that, that you that you're likely to have between now and retirement, or if you're in retirement, if there's if there's certain things that are going to change, and then and then develop a plan that makes sense for your particular situation and what your objectives and goals are. And again, everybody's situation is going to be different, but you wanna you wanna make sure that your plan is built for you and it's tailor-made for you rather than just buying something off the rack so to speak you know the the you know like i say that you know the the more the more you have and the more you save for retirement and and the, and the more resources you have well then the the less and less that you know just the one size fits all is going to match what your needs are you know as, as you have more and you know resources and as you are closer to retirement or actually in retirement your plan really needs to be specific to you rather than, you know, just, hey, everybody should do this and everybody should do that. I, I don't think that, that that basic philosophy, you know, works in its entirety, but it certainly works better for folks who are just starting off to get some foundational principles that work for them, you know, in those early saving years. But again, as you accumulate more assets and as you go moving, you know, closer and closer to retirement, you know, you, you need more personalized strategies. And, you know, to make sure that what you want to have happen actually does happen.
0: Well, I think it's interesting to talk about these things. And again, often Dave's advice is certainly very helpful for many, many, many people uh just remember who the audience is you know most of the time his audience is people getting out of debt if you've been out of debt for a long time and you've got you know hundreds of thousands maybe millions of dollars saved for retirement well you know you're not his target audience and so that may be a reason to take some of the additional pieces of advice that he gives with a bit of a grain of salt doesn't mean the principles uh aren't bad that maybe you know got you to where you are by any means but uh just remember who the audience is and that's, that's beyond dave uh That goes for anytime you're watching TV or absorbing any financial information, remember who the audience is. Are you part of that audience or not? That kind of you know goes back to that one-size-fits-all and customization conversation that Glenn has uh, let us down on today's show. So just keep all those things in mind as you're planning for retirement and your financial future. And as always, if you have any questions for Glenn, need any assistance planning for the future, you can give him a call at 336-291-3535. Again, that's 336-291-3535. Always online at roadmapfinancial.com. That's roadmapfinancial. Dot com. Click on the free consultation button at the bottom of the page and you can schedule a time to meet right there from your smartphone or computer. Glenn, thanks for the help on today's show. We'll have another great episode on tap next week. Absolutely Walter. Take care now. You do as well. That's Glenn I'm Walter. We'll talk to you next time on the retirement roadmap.